Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Got plenty to talk about today, obviously, with Arkansas beating Cincinnati 31-24. We're going to take one last look at that. We're going to get Andrew Ellis on the show to talk about some of the things he saw. Also, look ahead, of course, to the South Carolina game, a big one at 11 o'clock on Saturday. And Danny West is also going to join us to talk a little bit about recruiting, all that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Now, before we get started, oh, where's my picture there? Here we go. All right, there's KJ up in the corner. All right, before we get started, I'm not going to remind you about all the ways to watch and listen to anything, and I really appreciate everybody jumping in with the Apple Podcast reviews. We may read some of those at the end of the show, so we got some great ones on that. But what I want to first talk about is our 75% off promotion. So, this is a big one. 75% off. All right, this is the biggest one that we offer. This is for anybody we can't get because we figure our hardest thing is to do is to get people through the door to show them what we like, show, show them what we got. And this is the big one. So if you've been teetering back and forth for 25% of the normal cost, that's $26.85 for the full year of access. Okay, that breaks down to $2.24 a month, $0.52 cents a week, $0.07 cents a day. Okay, tell me something that you get that you like better for seven cents a day. All right, so go to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com, and sign up, and you'll get the deal. There's no promo code or anything like that. Now, and I always add this. So we put out a lot of free content. We put out a lot of VIP stuff, our free content stuff from press conferences and things like that. You can get just about anywhere that other media outlets are about to put out. But if you like what we do with the you know the free stuff, if you like this show, if you like the walk and talk, you like drive time and all that stuff, and you ever wonder, how can I support the show? You can support what we do by getting something great, and it's our VIP membership, which is the best thing that we have going. That's the best thing we do. If you like walk and talk, all this stuff, come check out the VIP stuff. Again, it's seven cents a day. Seven cents a day. $26.85 is what you'll be charged. I mean, that's an incredible deal. We get way more than you used to get with a newspaper back in the day, and you used to pay a quarter, maybe 50 cents, a lot more on Sundays. This is something that you can use all day long for seven cents, always somebody to interact with on our Razor's Edge Premium Forum. All of our VIP content, Danny West Insider Recruiting stuff. And we touch on a little bit of insider stuff here and there on this show from recruiting, but really all of the VIP stuff is on Hog Sports. So if you're a casual fan, I get it, as Josh Pate says. Maybe just enjoy the free stuff. But if you're a diehard, like if you know the roster, if you like to follow recruiting, what are you doing? If you're not signed up, sign up. You'll be I promise you, you'll be happy you did. It's always difficult for us to get people through the door, but once we do, they stick with us, and there's a reason for that. 
appreciate you listening. And thank you to all you who are already subscribed and supporting us for a long time. It means everything for us to be able to do the job we do, be able to do this show, wouldn't be able to do this, wouldn't be able to do the walk and talk or any of that stuff if we did not have our subscribers at Hog Sports. So thank you to you. Latest injury report. Okay, we don't know a whole heck of a lot. Does kind of feel like Dominic Johnson could possibly make it back for this one just based on what Sam Pittman was saying on Monday. I was there, asked him a few questions. Miles Slusher, Jalen Catalan, feels like a little bit of wait and see, okay? Especially more with Miles Slusher. I would give definitely a bigger percentage that Catalan would be available for this one versus Slusher. It does seem like Isaiah Nichols is going to be back. Those are the main ones. You know, you got some guys that are dinked and, and injured and stuff here and there. Um, feels like they'll probably work Kari Johnson a little bit more at nickel. He did work some at safety. I saw him in the spring, saw him a little bit in camp at safety. So they're a little bit banged up there. There's a few questions that arose in the secondary, obviously, with some injuries at safety, of course, and then at nickel with Slusher, and then, you know, some some questionable play by, uh, you know, I don't want to say all the cornerbacks, but everybody's got to get better, as Sam Pittman said. None of them were just tremendous. Dwight McLeathern did set the tone there, but, um, you know, there were some issues, obviously. Um, Ladarius Bishop had three, a rough three-play stretch. Two plays, 30, 36 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, I mean got to get better uh, at cornerback. At, at I watched the entire South Carolina game. I actually avoided the game score and was able to watch it yesterday. The whole thing. Watch, you know, pause it. So, I feel like I got a, a good idea of, you know, kind of what South Carolina's bringing to the table. And I'll say this before we jump into some of my latest takes on South Carolina – They've got good players all the way across, you know, and the transfer portal helps a lot of that, obviously. I don't know that, aside from special teams, that I say, I would say I see something spectacular about them or any, like, individual player. Good players, good players, but it seems like to me a team that's still kind of building. Uh, but you got to love, if you're a South Carolina fan, what happened on special teams Saturday. Two field goals over 50 yards – a successfully ex- executed fake field goal, an onside kick that was there. It was close. I'm surprised they did a fake field goal and an onside kick against Georgia State, but they did. Um, two block punts. Two block punts. I mean, the statistics show that if you block a punt, that's that's huge. Now, there's a lot of overlap with Arkansas and South Carolina. Shane Beamer and Sam Pittman were on the same staff together. Beamer was special teams coordinator and uh, tight ends coach when Sam Pittman was offensive line coach at Georgia. Scott Fountain was an analyst, special teams analyst at the time, working with them. So these guys know a lot about what each other wants to do on special teams, but that's something that's going to stand out about anybody. Beamer, I mean, Beamer ball. His father was not only the head coach of Virginia Tech, he was also the special teams coordinator at the same time he was head coach. That's something you always remembered about those old Virginia Tech teams was special teams was elite. So that's going to be a part of this game to absolutely pay attention to. Arkansas did some good things on special teams, and they did some bad things on special teams. I don't know if it was Max Fletcher had some nerves or what, but he did not punt the ball very well. In fact, I would have gone to Reed Bauer at some point. I don't know if he was stiff, nervous, or what his first game. But I've seen him in practice kick a heck of a lot better than what he did. Uh, A.J. Green, I didn't like his choice three yards deep into the end zone uh, to pull it out when it's got good hang time. I mean, you get hit at the 10-yard line, that's a pretty good sign that you should not have taken that ball out. And then what happens? You leave yourself susceptible to a penalty on that. I mean, unless it's just like an obvious, I need to run this out, then don't do it. You know, these are the kinds of things that – can get you beat in a game like this. And what happened? They get a holding penalty. That was probably, to me, one of two bad plays by Hudson Clark in the game. I know everybody likes to say, well, he's got faults. Everybody else's faults don't matter, but Hudson Clark's faults matter, even though he played the best out of any of the cornerbacks. But uh, Hudson was hit with a holding call on that that backed him up to, you know, their own territory. Uh, Ricky Stromberg snaps the ball kind of off to Jefferson's side. He mishandles it, turns the ball over. Now, that's where the crowd jumped in. So, I know I'm going over two things at once, but, you know, just with South Carolina, the special teams are going to be such a key component in this game. And aside from that, man for man, just based on what I'm seeing, 
I like Arkansas's personnel better. That doesn't mean South Carolina has bad personnel because they don't. I just feel like Arkansas is a stage ahead of where South Carolina is. They're the home team. That was a great environment in that game too. They got the lights working and everything. Can't help but not like Shane Beamer. I mean, seems like a good guy. Seems like he'd be a good guy to cover also media-wise. So that's what we know about injury situation. Could see Dominic Johnson, although Arkansas's backs all ran well. I thought Dominion, what he had like three carries, I guess they were all positive plays. Uh, A.J. Green ran the ball really well compared to what we saw last year. I agree 100% with Sam Pittman when he said that today, uh, that A.J. Green really hit the hole hard and ran hard. And then, of course, Rocket Sanders had, what, 20 carries for 117 yards. Rocket looked really good. Stiff arm. I mean, he's developed quite – not not really – I don't know if it's like stiff arm. It's just like a brush away. It's just kind of – you like that? That's also my move for Drew Sanders' swim move. That's when I remember talking Drew Sanders. So the depth chart was released for the South Carolina game. I didn't see any notable changes. It looks the same to me unless there's something I'm not catching. I would obviously expect there to be quite a heated punting battle this week between Max Fletcher and Reed Bauer. That's to be expected. Just didn't punt the ball very well. So – I woke up, and I'd already written some stuff that night. But, like, so when I go home after the game, so I'm watching for the press box, do the press conference, um, you know, do the walk and talk, any other stuff. And I started writing some of my thoughts immediately. And I usually go home and watch the game right away. But this one, for some reason, I wanted to watch the other games. And so I started watching, you know, every bit I could of, of all the other games. And I watched, you know, the 44 – highlight plays on my streaming service that they categorize, which is great from Arkansas. But I watched some of the other games, um, and I decided to kind of save, you know, my fresh eyes for the morning to watch the Arkansas game, which I ended up doing basically all day, you know, just watching everything over and over and over again. So, but before I did that, I woke up and I finished the stuff I was writing, and these are kind of some of the things that I was I was talking about because, you know, you hear so much about – perspective and you know where Arkansas used to be and where they are now but to me that's not that's not perspective that's not the perspective you should have that's the reflection point should not be the horrendous 2018-2019 aberrations that's not Arkansas football that's a disaster I don't know what that was but that's not like you should feel really good about where Arkansas is because you know just a couple years ago, thirty-three months ago, they were the worst program in Power Five football. No, that's not that's not the reflection point. However, independently, I think you should be excited about where Arkansas is. It's a good Cincinnati team, okay? And yeah, maybe we thought that Arkansas could have you know performed a little bit better, but it's an opener. I mean, Arkansas doesn't teams don't even scrimmage anymore. I think that's why you see so much questions early on because you get better from hitting and tackling and playing football and you're just not able to do it because is it totally worth is it totally worth risking injury because we see what happens I mean we saw what happened in this game there are several players that are banged up and injured in this one so you see you're going to see a lot of improvement I think for just about everybody from week one to week two just about everybody. And the important thing is that Arkansas came out of this with a win against a very good South Carolina team. And I've said before, you know, I thought South Carolina was going to be certain things. I thought they, you know, maybe not be as big as they, – they passed the eye test to me. I thought they looked like a heck of a team. You know, I think they're going to win. I mean, this is a team that's three months from now is going to be 11-1. and one. You know, so they don't have to play Arkansas' schedule, but still going to be 11-1. and one. Arkansas's crowd was uh, fantastic overall. I do wonder, this is not directed to the vast majority of students that were at that game, but I don't understand why in a top 25 matchup to open the season, why some of the students left. Like, there was a noticeable number of students that left the game, and I understand the sun's coming down on you and all this stuff, but if you're not going to stay – for the 60-minute clock for a less than three hour, uh, less than four-hour game, then don't take up a seat. Let somebody else have the seat. That's not indicative of 95% of the students, okay? 90%, 95%.
But I don't understand. Dixon Street is not going anywhere, okay, at 7 o'clock. It's still going to be there. Stay at the game and cheer. The re- I mean, they need you. It, this was obvious to me that the crowd made a difference. And, you know, Pittman brought this up several times too because it's an 11 o'clock game. But going to that Georgia game last year, and I was there. I was at that Georgia game. The crowd, was it was packed out. They knew it was going to be a tough – they knew the team needed them. I mean, in theory, because uh, Arkansas, you know, Arkansas was playing really good ball at the time. That's for, uh, I guess, the, the three-game streak. But they were playing really good football at the time, and Georgia fans showed up. I mean, the stadium was packed. It was loud. It absolutely impacted Arkansas. They weren't quite ready for that environment. It's been a while since they played in an environment like that with COVID and all that stuff. Arkansas fans have got to show up for this one, okay? There's 74,751. Um, they definitely played – I mean, there were times where they could not get lined up. I mean – they could not get lined up in a legal formation. They couldn't get the snap off before. Uh, there, during that field, after that fumble, after that fumble, Arkansas, or excuse me, South Carolina ran three plays and committed four penalties and had to settle for a field goal. I mean, that's crowd. They got him again. I mean, there was another delay of game on the other field goal that, that moved him out of field goal range. The crowd absolutely played a role. I think it was probably worth more than a touchdown in that game. I don't think either team played particularly great, but again, it's the opener. And you almost kind of just hope to, to – because you're like trying to figure so much stuff out about your team because you haven't hit – you haven't – it's not like the old days where you just like basically scrimmage each other live tackle. Like even even recently when they were still tackling, you still didn't tackle below the waist. You know, like in spring games and stuff like that, you don't tackle below the waist. So – Arkansas, Cincinnati, all these teams, none of them, I'm sure Cincinnati probably didn't really tackle either, but you find out so much more about your team during this three-and-a-half, four-hour game than you probably have the last eight months. Like, you didn't know uh, that A.J. Green was going to have that 10-3, hit the hole, drive his legs. You don't know about what a guy's going to do after the catch, fighting off tacklers, falling forward, all that kind of stuff. Timing, all that stuff is impacted by, you know, the physical nature of the game versus just running out and, you know, hey, we're going to go throw this summer. That's great, but there's nothing like throwing in a game. You win, it's better to go back and correct after a win, I promise you. It's probably the worst game for the officials, too. I'm hard on officials. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those people that are like, there's a conspiracy. I just think there's – uh, ineptness at times with officials. And, you know, there were several times in this one where, you know, I thought Drew Sanders once was just kind of grabbed by the hips on uh, a play that ended up being a really big play for them. I thought Eric Gregory was held on their last touchdown um, that easily could have been called. I thought there was holding on the punt return that was a big punt return for him. I, I felt like they missed a lot of those. I thought there was a couple of opportunities, you know, that maybe could have been called unsportsmanlike conduct also. And – I also want to propose this to the rules committee. Once the third helmet comes off, let's start calling delay a game or something. That's ridiculous. There was like over 10 helmets that came off for Cincinnati. What what is going on there? Is that an equipment guy? I've never seen anything like it. By the way, congratulations to Bumper Pool. He was named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Jordan Dominic was named SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. How cool is that? Speaking of those transfers, so Jordan Dominic had Jordan Dominic and Landon Jackson both played really well, and so did Terry Hampton. Maybe didn't show up in the stats. Terry Hampton had a tackle for loss. He also had another one that was uh, wiped out because of one of those penalties down there at the goal line, uh, but it would have been a tackle for loss. So the good news is Terry Hampton could play. That's good news, real good news. Um, Jordan Dominic, Landon Jackson can play. I thought Jordan Dominic may have said, "Hey, I need to play more in this one." The strip, that well, it was a hit. You called a strip sack, but it was a hit. The ball came loose, and he recovered the fumble. That's what got him SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. Drew Sanders balled out. I mean, he played great. Really, all the big plays were made. Dwight McLeathern had that interception, uh, the 51-yard return. That was a huge one. I think it was that the first drive. I believe it was the first drive. It's in the first quarter. But um, that ended up setting up uh, a K.J. Jefferson touchdown run. So, really, besides – 
Bumper pulls like 14 tackles. The biggest plays on defense were made by transfers, and then 107 yards for the uh, for the other guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. I told Andrew Ellis that I was going to have him on five minutes ago. So maybe we'll go there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to go over just a couple more things real quick here. Uh, just some things I noticed after I went back and watched the game. Arkansas didn't test the middle um, until the last 114 on their last drive right before half. They never threw the ball over the middle, never threw deep down the sideline. KJ is a guy that, you know, 58% of his completions was the graphic I saw that, you know, on his passes 15 yards or more downfield. That's a pretty good number, but they never tested the middle. It was all kind of safer throws to the outside, not really wanting to risk putting the ball in jeopardy, I guess. Uh, but they've got the receivers to do that. I do think KJ could loosen up a little bit and throw some of those deep balls. Uh, I, I know that he missed Matt Landers. I don't know if it showed up on TV. I don't think it did because I couldn't find the play, but there was a play where Matt Landers was all alone, wide open. And Jefferson went to a shorter pass. So that you know, and I don't expect him to be perfect, obviously. KJ's a stud. But, man, I was watching that one. I was like – and I saw a lot of people kind of complaining about uh, a time Malik Hornsby got open. K.J. had already had the pressure in his face. It already, you know uh, – it, it all happened at the same time. So, that wasn't really a miss in my opinion. But then, you know, obviously started testing it over the middle after that. Hit Trey Knox. Hit Warren Thompson on a slant. Obviously hit Trey Knox in the end zone. Offense started finding their groove a little bit, right, you know, half and then first play of the second half. Um, the second Arkansas drive is the fumble. Then the third drive, they uh, got back uh, going again and I think got down there and got a – I think they just had to settle for a field goal at that point. Trey Knox had a great game. May have been may have been the offensive player of the game. I mean, up there. He had two touchdowns, so maybe – maybe. He, he wasn't perfect. He did – in the fourth quarter, whiff on a block um, by Ivan Pace Jr., their linebacker, 12.45 to go in the game. And uh, Pace came in there and just completely cleaned up Jefferson. Jaquan Shepard, like the next play, the safety or the cornerback came on a corner blitz and, and hit him again. And then – so that play was kind of – that drive was kind of doomed. And then he went around Brady, Brady Latham, almost got a, a, a safety. So – it wasn't all roses, but Trey Knox had probably his best game as a Razorback. I mean, he had six catches for 90 yards as a freshman in one game, but, you know, the importance of this game, two touchdowns also. That 32-yard catch and run, pretty sweet. Good to see Trey Knox having success. He deserves it. All right, we're going to go to Andrew now. So, for those of you who don't follow Andrew Ellis, you can follow him at Andrew Ellis 247. He is a jack of all trades. I've got him listed as a staff writer. That didn't really do him justice. He does videographer. Videographer. He's our videographer. He's our, you know, beat writer on everything else. Whoa. I dropped you, Andrew. I got you now, though. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real good. Now, you were up there with the press box with us, and, um, I just kind of wanted to get your initial impressions, or not your initial impressions. Obviously, you've given impressions throughout the weekend. But your final thoughts, I should say, on what happened with Arkansas's game against Cincinnati on Saturday. 
Well, I thought about it a lot, and you know, throughout the off season, we all convince ourselves certain things are going to happen, and we kind of go back and forth on what we want to expect and what we think is going to happen. And you know, at the end of the day, I think that this game really just played out pretty much exactly how it was supposed to. I would say. I mean, obviously, there's some factors here and there and variables we didn't know about, like Catalan and Slusher going down with injuries. But overall, Arkansas they took care of business. wasn't always pretty. And Cincinnati, you know, gave them everything they could. And Cincinnati did really what you expected them to do as a team that's won a lot of games in the last few years and really is a program that's just in such a good spot. And they brought it. And Arkansas did what they had to do. And it kind of played out the way we expected. I honestly expected there to be a little more separation. But, you know, credit to Cincinnati. They really brought it. And Arkansas was up for the challenge. It was, uh, it was good to see on both sides. Any anything that uh, for you that you, maybe you took away that was different than something you thought that you were seeing in practices and such? Well, I, you know, I think back to last year, and you know, Arkansas had a lot of transfers on the defensive line that ended up being huge for them, and ended up being their three starters. Really, it took about a week of fall camp for all of us to realize that was going to be the case. It, it didn't mm-hmm. take long for everyone to realize, hey, John Ridgeway is a you know dude. He's running with the ones. He's a stud. Troy Williams is going to be a problem off the edge. Honestly, that wasn't the feel during this fall camp. And obviously, you know, we try to find what we can in fall camp. We don't get to really see too much actually happen. We're just kind of going off the 15, 20 minutes we get to see and hearing what we hear from players and coaches. But, you know, I never really got the feel that Arkansas was blown away by the defensive transfers they had. And Terry Hampton is a guy that we heard a lot about, and we kind of saw glimpses of why. It seemed like he was in the backfield a lot all, all Saturday. Mm-hmm. But really, I would say that Landon Jackson and Jordan Dominic just were better than I expected them to be, simply. I mean, definitely at this point, you know, we know both those guys are talented. But like I said, all fall camp, it's not like every player or coach had been coming to the podium and just raving about Landon Jackson or raving, you know, Jordan Dominic's going to make so many plays. And I would say that the defensive line as a group was probably more ahead of schedule mm-hmm. than I expected. Really on both sides of the ball. I mean, I, I felt like Arkansas's offensive line didn't maul Cincinnati's up Cincinnati up front which is something that I wouldn't have been stunned if they did I mean there's a lot of experience on both offensive lines and I thought I thought that both teams defenses kind of rose to the occasion and provided more you know force than we expected Andrew Ellis joining us again you know this is going to be a big special teams game coming up Andrew and uh, you know, I didn't think special teams was just out of this world. Uh, you know, I thought there was a few mistakes. So, if you had a chance to watch any South Carolina, I checked out the I checked out the game. But uh, if you had a chance to watch them on special teams, it's pretty impressive. Well, I saw the I saw the two big special teams plays. That's that's the entirety of the South Carolina I've gotten into at this point. But obviously, that's something we expect. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's you know Frank Beamer's son. You figured that South Carolina was going to be pretty good on special teams once they got rolling. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. Arkansas, you know, we saw them last year throughout the year. It seemed like they just got better and better on yeah. special teams. Cam Little was, you know, solid all year, and you kind of expect him to be the same. But really just their units overall throughout the year improved so much. And we heard Scott Fountain talk about how they feel like they have more team speed and depth at different spots. So they should be improved on special teams. And I, I didn't see anything, like, overly concerning with Arkansas special teams. You would like to see them punt the ball better. But as far as the units as a whole, I didn't see any – you know, real problems or things that they absolutely have to clean up, like immediately urgent situations. But I expect Arkansas to be a lot cleaner in all phases in week two. That's just kind of how these things work usually. And so I, I imagine Pittman and Fountain and those boys are going to have them ready for everything they're going to see. And like Pittman said, it's not like South Carolina brought any crazy, weird, schematic stunts. They just kind of beat Georgia State in those special teams plays. And so I'd imagine they're going to be ready for that challenge. It's not like the Gamecocks are going to completely surprise them in that area. Andrew Ellis joining us again. You can follow Andrew at Andrew Ellis 247 on Twitter and read his content at hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Andrew kind of splits things. He writes some free content. He also writes a lot of VIP content. And if you want a VIP subscription, it's 75% off. Um, this ends on Tuesday. So you got Labor Day and you got – you know, it's interesting. Today's Labor Day. I don't even think about it because in this job, Andrew, as you've probably experienced, you work a lot of holidays and um, it just just kind of the way it is. There's football games on, on Thanksgiving. There's, you know, commitments on July 4th. So it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, I want to take you ahead to this South Carolina game, just kind of get – I don't know if I want your prediction or anything. I know it's early on that, but just – how do you think these two teams match up? How do you how do you kind of think things play out? And obviously not a final, but just your thoughts. 
Well, you know, we're, we're about to get into that time of the year where we start doing the transitive property of, you know, looking at, oh, this team won by this many points, and so next week they're playing this team, and that should happen. And, you know, obviously I don't think there's much value in doing that, but it's not going to stop us from doing it. And I don't think Arkansas fans should look too closely at South Carolina's week one matchup because I've seen a lot of, oh, they had two punts blocked, so really that game was closer than it should be, and Arkansas should beat them by X amount of points or whatever. I think both teams are going to look much different just from a execution and rhythm and all those things going into week two. I mean, there's obviously a lot of improvements you make and you learn a lot about your team, like you were saying earlier, from week one to week two. So, I, you know, I think there's things to learn from both of these teams in week one, but I do think it's going to be a different challenge for mm-hmm. Arkansas, not necessarily a stronger one or a worse one. I just think it's a different game and these two teams are going to look completely differently, but you know, I, I have the feeling that Arkansas preseason. I had Arkansas winning the South Carolina game. I think I had it closer than the Cincinnati one, if I remember correctly. And I kind of see it as a similar situation where I don't. I don't expect Arkansas to just completely dominate these guys. I don't think there's a significant talent advantage for either of these teams. I, I do think Arkansas is probably more ahead of schedule as a program than South Carolina, and they're at home, even though it is an 11 a.m. game. So this would be a good chance for Arkansas to just kind of not flex their muscle, but just kind of prove like, hey, we're, we're a step ahead. We're at home against a team that we're favored by a touchdown over. We're going to take care of business again. And I think that's just kind of what, you, what I'm looking for this weekend from Arkansas to kind of see how see what improvements they make week to week, see who steps up on the offensive side of the ball, and at the end of the day just see them take care of business. So I might I disagree with you a little bit. I think Arkansas has got a better team talent-wise. Um I didn't notice anything about South Carolina that just jumped out. What what jumped out to me about South Carolina was they ran an onside kick against Georgia State and they um, faked a field goal <laughs> against Georgia State. I was just kind of like, why 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 use that against Georgia State? Why not save it? You know, now you you, you kind of you've gotten a look at it. You know, so um, I think that if in this game, I like Arkansas man for man from a talent perspective. I like Arkansas because of the home team. Last point spread I saw, by the way, is nine and a half. Um, the the area I think that could be an issue for Arkansas is the injuries that they've suffered in the secondary. Uh, that could obviously pose a problem. Spencer Rattler can really spin it. Now he did he threw a couple passes that I thought were like like he way overthrew a wide receiver, uh, a shorter wide receiver who tipped the ball in the in the air and it was intercepted. And the second one was just like where what do you where are you going with this? Like, what was the plan here? Uh, he just forces it and uh, and is picked off. And I saw him do some of that stuff at Oklahoma also. I do think he is a good quarterback. I think people have kind of overreacted to him a little bit uh, because he didn't beat out Caleb Williams, who's a stud at, at Oklahoma. Uh, but I think personnel-wise, Arkansas has got the better personnel. I think that if they lose this game, it would be because – of special teams, it would be because of all the you know the intangible type things like what we call the TPS report, the turnovers, the penalties, and the special teams. That's that's what Arkansas would have to lose, I think, to to lose this game. I agree with you there. I think this is a game that you know if you're Arkansas, you expect to win this game. You you should expect to win this game. I mean, you're a ranked team. You're top twenty. Could maybe work into that top fifteen conversation. You've got a good team. You're at home. Your program's in year three. This is a game you should win, and I, I agree with you there. I also agree on Rattler. I think that, you know, he's one of the more polarizing players in college football yeah. and get it. But I do think his uh his shortcomings at Oklahoma were oversold a little bit. I mean he it's not like he was incompetent or anything. I think he's he's it's gonna be an interesting matchup with him and, and like you were saying, he's gonna he's gonna test the Arkansas secondary perhaps too much. You know, that's the kinda kind of style he has, but it's gonna be interesting to see and obviously, you know, there's so many question marks with Arkansas's defensive injuries and whether they'll have Catalan or Slusher. And so that's going to be an interesting story to follow throughout the week. But honestly, regardless, I feel like you have to have the, you know, give the advantage to Arkansas. And also Dominic Johnson, let's, uh, let's, you know, there's a chance we see him this week. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch to see kind of not expecting him to have a heavy workload in his first game back. If he even is back, but there's definitely some interesting stories here. And I just expect Arkansas to be, to play a much cleaner game and those turnovers and those penalties. And, you know, turnovers is something that they usually do, really well and KJ Jefferson does such a good job taking care of the football and so that's that's kind of where I, what I'm looking for is to see Arkansas just kind of put together a clean game maybe they block a little better up front and I you know I wouldn't be surprised to see Arkansas open things up offensively and maybe take some more of those deep shots that we were all wondering where they were yeah. at it'd be interesting to see if it, if it kind of turns into a little bit of a shootout with the way you know Rattler's capable of having a big night 
Arkansas has some defensive injury questions in the secondary. And I think Arkansas's offense looked pretty solid for the most part last week, and I think they might take it up a notch this week. Great stuff, Andrew. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis again. If you're looking for Razorback people to follow and you don't know about Andrew, he is newer to the beat. He's been with us uh, for over a year now and uh, just does a great job. So follow him at Twitter, at at Andrew Ellis 247. Uh, Andrew's a guy that's at every practice, every open practice that's, that's open. Every open practice that's open, he's there. Um, you know, he's watching every press conference, does a lot of great stuff for us. So if you're looking for somebody uh, to provide some more analysis and content and, and thoughts, then uh, then follow Andrew Ellis at Andrew Ellis 247. Again, uh, newer to the beat, not new to the Razorback program, obviously, um, from Louisiana. Whole family is from Arkansas. And they all grew up, you know, following the Razorbacks. So not new to the program at all, but uh, new to the beat, younger guy. He was a, he was a guy that was the intern for us, and um, we just liked him a lot. We didn't want to lose him, so we brought him on full-time when the internship was over. Weren't necessarily 100% ready to jump on that, but didn't want to lose Andrew Ellis, so we, we went ahead and made the move, invested in him. That's what we like to do to the people we like. We're also invested in Danny West. Danny West – is the number one recruiting guy in the business. He hates when I say that, but it's true. He doesn't like to be bragged on too much. But we're going to get to Danny, find out a little bit about this recruiting weekend and uh, maybe what to expect next weekend. That's two rings, though. He never uses two rings. Uh-oh. We may not have Danny. There he is. Three rings, Danny. You never take three rings. You have me worried. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so That's the company here. <laughs> sorry about that, Danny. Um, so, uh, interrupting your, your company, we'll keep it kind of quick. But uh, Arkansas had a big visit weekend, um, 2.30 games, so they were able to get a lot of guys in. Can you tell us a little bit about what all happened on the weekend? Yeah, I think it was a success uh, in recruiting. You know, it wasn't a – I wouldn't call it like a, a huge major list. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We've seen a lot of uh, deeper, um, you know, bigger bigger crowds of kids. So, I think those might come later in the year when you get into some of the, you know, Alabama, SEC type games. But um, so far, so good. Uh, it seemed like T.J. Lindsey – Charleston Collins, we know Walker White was in attendance. All of those guys seemed really happy with the outcome, and the um, the overall experience. I mean, you and I talked about it sitting in the press box. I got home Saturday night, and, buddy, I had a headache. It was that loud. So, um, yeah, it was a successful event, big win for the Hogs, and uh, so far so good on the recruiting front. So this is Titan Hog on our message board that, on the razor's edge that, that brought this up but i mean can we go ahead and just start calling walker white the white walker i mean <laughs> it's a great nickname yeah i've seen a little bit of that here and there matter of fact every time i talk about him on the uh, on the board or something somebody's gonna reply with you know something like that so i get it but uh what a kid man mm-hmm. we actually got to interview him friday night went out to uh springdale uh shallow christian i should say in springdale and uh Got a good look at him. Also got to see the Haz brothers, Luke and Dylan, over at Springdale Harbor before um, before the shallow game. So I was really impressed by Walker, man. He's um, as good as he is on the field, obviously. We all know his family. We know J.D. Got to see J.D. Friday night at the game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Coach Pittman was there with Dow Loggins at, in attendance. So, man, they're all over him, and uh, rightfully so. He's uh, he's got a, a really electric arm, uh, from what I can tell. You look at him, and he looks like a sophomore in college already, and just a great kid. I could go on and on about Walker. So, yeah, um, it was good to catch up with him. We do have a video of that interview on the Hog Sports. Yeah, go check that out. Uh, yeah, good kid, good family, and uh, a lot of Razorback connections there. So, Danny, this weekend, I mean, it's it's an eleven o'clock game, so. It's obviously tough to get people to travel. I mean, if you want to travel from a lot of places in Texas, you're getting up at 4 or 5 in the morning and, and driving over. And uh, if you're, you know, if you're if you're playing an away game the night before, you're almost certainly not making it because you got a long evening bus ride. You're going to be tired and all that stuff. So it's hard to get players in for an 11 o'clock game. But if you can get them in, 
as Sam Pitt was saying, there's a great opportunity to spend a little extra time with them because it is an early game. So you can kind of get with them after the game and, and maybe do some more stuff. So do you know anything about this weekend for, for visit wise or is it too early? Yeah. You know, obviously we'll be adding more names later in the week, but um, the one guy that I've got to talk about is Fletcher Westfall. He's Mm -hmm. a offensive tackle, four-star offensive tackle for the 2024 class. So he's out of Leesburg, Virginia. I know it's a long way to come, but this is one that they've had scheduled for quite a while. I know Fletcher told me um, a few weeks back, he said he's had his plane tickets bought for a long time, and he's really looking forward to it. Now, he's already been here on an unofficial. So this is uh, obviously another unofficial as well. But, um, you know, it's important, man. You get a guy from Virginia, halfway across the country, here twice already you know and he's going into his junior year i think it's pretty telling now he's also visited other schools you know other places so it's not just arkansas but it does kind of tell you that he's serious about the place and uh his relationship with cody kennedy seems uh, um you know like they're off to a good start and again that's fletcher westfall 68 295 they've mm. they've been all over him early on and and uh, curious to think you know, to see what he thinks about the game experience coming out of Saturday. All right, Danny. Well, I appreciate you. We're going to let you get back to your company. And uh, oh no, I ran him off as a salesman anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything else for you unless you got something else to some other no, words of wisdom good, to share. Man. Looking forward to week two. It was good to be back in the press box with yeah, some fellas. The other it day, was. It, it man, was. was a good one. We've been watching games together for a long time, Danny. For in fact, I don't time. think a lot of people even know. You know, the walk and talk was kind of – it kind of stemmed from – you know, I was doing those little down on the field, you know, talks, and I ended up – I ended up had like a tripod. I ended up just grabbing the tripod eventually and kind of, you know, talking like that. But that kind of morphed with our talks that we used to have all the time, leaving the stadium together, walking down to lot 56, uh, just talking about what we saw in the game. And that's kind of what the walk and talk has become. You've been replaced – by the audience basically but that's that's what the walk and talk you know kind of kind of hybrided from so you deserve some credit for yeah. the walk and talk oh well thanks i didn't know that really but i'm i'm always willing to take credit for something dude yeah there not any financial compensation <laughs> of course all but, right, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, we heard from my people yeah all right brother all right, man. We'll all, right. See all right everybody that's danny west again follow danny at danny west 247 um most of his stuff is VIP, so you're, you're going to need a VIP subscription if you want to read Danny West's content on Hog Sports, all his recruiting. You know, really just not just, not just uh, you know, recruiting updates and stuff, but really painting the picture with, like, the big red board and, and things like that, um, painting the picture for, for people who want to know about the future of the program. Danny West is the follow. He is the guy that you follow. All right. I want to get to some pregame polls here because this is something we do every week. And afterwards, this is Andrew Ellis's article who we just talked to. After that, Andrew will go back and look at the polls. And Razorback fans, I felt like, did pretty good in this one. So how many passing yards will K.J. Jefferson throw for in this game? Most people said 200, 249. I believe it was 243, 223, 223. So uh, 41.44% said that it would be in that range. Which uh, Arkansas newcomer will have the best performance against Cincinnati? Drew Sanders was the leading vote getter. He's possibly up there. You know, Jordan Dominic did get – Defensive lineman of the week, so he may be up there. Um, Hazelwood had a touchdown catch; he may be up there. But it was Drew Sanders at fifty-one point six percent. I'll give, I'll give some people that he had a good game, um, and that is a subjective, that is a subjective one. He definitely played more snaps than like Jordan Dominic did. How many yards will Arkansas rush for in this game? Forty-one point four percent was the leading total, and that was two hundred two forty-nine. Arkansas ran for two twenty-four, so nailed that one. It's a good start. Usually these are way off. Who will score the first Arkansas touchdown? Most people, 48.47% said Rocket Sanders, but second most was K.J. Jefferson at 27.05. K.J. Jefferson had that touchdown run. What would be the result of the first drive? Most people said a rushing touchdown. It was actually a first down and then a punt. So didn't get that one right. So that's the first one that's really just – well, there's two, I guess, because this is the touchdown. So, it's two that you didn't get out of the ten. Uh, how many total yards will Ar- will, of offense will Cincinnati have against Arkansas? I guess it's just kind of getting a little worse because they said 300 to 349, and they had, um, you know, well over 400 yards. Um, 
only 2.61% said 400 to 449. So that's three. I guess we're getting worse. Who will lead the Razorbacks in rushing this game? Rocket Sanders. He absolutely did. 81.49% projected that. Leading receiver for Arkansas. It's a pretty mixed bag. Matt Landers, most of it. This is like 30, 27, and 26% on these. Matt Landers, Warren Thompson, then Jaden Hazelwood. Jaden Hazelwood um, among the receivers, but it was Trey Knox. You didn't think it was going to be Trey Knox. Less than 10% of the people voted for Trey Knox. It was still 147 people, still still a high number of people thought, but uh, only 9.98% said it would be Trey Knox out of all of them. Defensive MVP, another subjective subjective one, bumper pool with 36.76%. I would say, you know, he was SEC Defensive Player of the Week with 14 tackles. I would say he is deserving of that. Game result. Most people, 61.07% said 10 to 19 points that Arkansas would win by. And Arkansas won by seven. Covered the spread, though, and that was the second most votes get, vote gets. All right. That's our long last uh, look at the polls. We talked about South Carolina. All right, I want to get to your questions now. Before I get to those, I want to say thanks to the people that left reviews on Apple Podcasts. We got so much good stuff, and I'm going to read a few of them. Best original Razorback content out there. This is from Razorback50513. Again, these people aren't just leaving reviews on our podcast. They're leaving reviews about the website. A lot of these people are members on the website. So before I jump into that, just last time, it's 75% off. This is till Tuesday. So go ahead and get on there and sign up. There's no promo code or anything. You'll go there. You'll see the 75% off thing. Just click it and sign up. Um, You'll be really glad you did. I promise. $26.85 for the whole year. $26.85 for the whole year. That's $2.24 a month. $2.24 for the month. $0.52 a week. $0.07 a day. $0.07 a day. Just to come check it out for the year. I mean, people. It's the best deal we've offered. We're not going to do a better one. We're not going to do another one probably till like probably till Black Friday, Cyber Monday type of something. So it's going to be a long time at the end of the season before we offer, you know, any kind of real nice special again. So this is the one to get in on. Right now, last check, we were leading the entire country. Love seeing Arkansas at the top. And that's what I've always said. You offer a great product, maybe we need a little incentive. 75% off is a pretty good one. But you offer a great product, Razorback fans will come. It's evident by the football game. It's evident by our numbers on the subscribers. All right. Best original Razorback content. This podcast and content of the site is the best independent resource for Razorback news. Trey does a great job delivering insider updates while connecting with the emotions that every fan is feeling. The rant after the Chad Morris-Western Kentucky game is a great example of this. The casual delivery of the show makes you feel like you're hanging with a friend just talking Razorback athletics. If you want a unique experience, throw the podcast on half speed and you'll feel like you're talking about the Hogs with someone who has had a few drinks. Aha, that's pretty good. You know, it's interesting because like me and all the other media people, like we're transcribing stuff after the game, you know, after the game or after a pest conference or something. And I always play mine at, you know, half speed for most guys. Sam Pittman talks a little slower, so you can do about 0.7 speed. But everybody sounds a little bit drunk when you're transcribing. <laughs> Appreciate that. And again, not just about the podcast, but also about the site, right? Woo Pig, good game needs more. This is, uh, is, um, this is from Good Game Needs More. Uh, you really you ready for football? Well, this pod can get you ready for football and basketball. Keep up the good work. Go Hogs for life. From Russia with love, says Liv and Angry. I started listening back during the 2018-19 season when I lived in Moscow and couldn't watch the games live as an alumni. That was a dark time, but regardless, I got hooked on Trey and the gang's coverage of the Hogs. Also, that would be a great band name, Trey and the Gang. This is a really long one. Like, this is super long, so I'm not going to read all of it, but, I mean, he goes over, he says he needs more Danny. Yeah, we need more Danny. I mean, there's, there's so much on this. This is the longest review I've ever seen, but, again, this dude took the time to write out a review this long about what we're doing over here. I really appreciate that. Slappy1099 says, Hog Sports has got the greatest team of sports show out there. Gives so much free insight. Been a member of Hog Sports for three or four years and have never once regretted it. Keep up the good work. Trey knows his stuff. Nice and simple. From DD Al Porto. 
Green Hog says, love Hog Sports. Trey and the guys do a great job covering Hogs. Been a VIP subscriber for several years, and I've never regretted it. You guys hearing this, right? You guys hearing what people are saying. These are members. Well worth the price for current, for the content they put out. I love Curtis's coverage of basketball. And this guy's paying a full price. He's paying full price. He's continued to support us paying full price, not 25% of what everybody's, you know, he's paying the full price. Most everybody on our site signed up on a promo. Most everybody signed up on a promo, some kind of promo, and have stuck around. Recently found these guys after searching for more hog content to consume after a few weeks of listening. They are clear notch above everyone else. Great sports take, backed by analysis and thorough reasoning versus baseline observation and feelings that that is prevalent elsewhere. High-level conversations, clear and concise. Thank you, Trey, Biddy, and team. I really appreciate that. Your name is a number, 075528. I really appreciate that. Love the show always. When a new posted, Trey brings a lot of good information. Best guys in the business. Keep up the great work. This is great stuff. Podcast is 5.0 stars, by the way. 772 ratings. If you haven't left us one, I appreciate it. But, man, I really appreciate everybody answering the call. The first time I asked it, only one person did it. It was a great review. And then everybody have chimed in after that. So, join these people. Sign up. 75% off at Hog Sports. I'm going to get to some questions quick, but I have to go quickly because – it's 3.05 live right now. And I got practice. At, it's at 4.45, so they pushed it back a little bit, so that's good. Sam Pittman made Trey Knox some money moving to tight end. NFL teams, like I said, he looked great. He looked huge and fast. Faster. Like, he was outrunning people. The Trey Knox I knew, you know, wasn't necessarily the fastest wide receiver. So, I mean, put 35 pounds on the dude and <laughs> – He's faster. Hornsby is the fastest guy on the team until I see otherwise. I agree with that. Uh, I want to see more Hornsby. We we saw him just a little bit. He had basically one touch. I thought he would have more. I want to see more Malik Hornsby. They they did, you know, show some stuff, make you got to prepare for some things. But, I mean, he didn't qu- quite the action I thought he was going to get. But I want to see more Hornsby. I think all of you do too. Let me know in the comments below. Will Lennox says, I think D-line will dominate their O-line and Ratter will have a bad game. Rocket will run the ball all over them. Grayson Reasoner says, Trey, do you expect more Hornsby packages? Just talked about that. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, Hornsby's, I mean, he just, it just looks like wheels going. He's so fast. Josh Smith says, I got the VIP subscription and it's worth every penny. Great content, everything racebacks. Appreciate that, Josh. Really appreciate. There's nothing better. I can sit up here and talk all day about everything we offer and how you, why you subscribe. But there's nothing better than the grassroots version of people telling other people this is why I'm subscribed to Hog Sports. I believe it's important for the secondary to stop Rattler. It's a good test for them. Yeah. Dad Gum, Danny West, are the <laughs> and the rest are the best at what y'all do. Appreciate that, Donnie A. Butts. One of my favorite Danny West stories. He was on the radio, and everybody's giving him a hard time about saying Dad Gum. You know, he's from Rising. I'm from Sheridan, but uh, Danny says Dad Gum a lot, and people were giving him a hard time about it. And then somebody he was trying to work it out. You know, like cautiously, consciously make an effort not to say Dad Gum. And somebody asked a question. He said, "I mean Dad Gum," and uh, he was thinking. In his mind, he was upset with himself. But what he was thinking in his mind, in his mind was, "Dad gum." <laughs> He's thinking "Dad gum" that he just said "Dad gum." Love it. All right, we got uh, somebody who wants to join their French uh, sexy time. Okay, le code de la. I, I don't even want to say it. I'm probably cussing, saying something perverted in French. Why do Why do these people? <laughs> All right, we get spammed a little bit. Steve Miller says, I love Josh Page, guest star on the Walk Talk. If you didn't check out the late kick last night before the LSU game, you can go check it out on YouTube, the late kick with Josh Pate. Uh, Josh Pate raved about his trip to Arkansas. Knew he would because, um, you know, I had plans with him on uh, Friday afternoon. I had a deal Friday nights, but he went out, he went to Wright's Barbecue. Uh, He said they cleaned their plates, loved it. Uh, He said, he said he went to the he was he was asking me he's like where can you work where can you work out around here I don't know if you guys noticed Josh Pate's guns the dude likes to work out uh, but he's like where can you work out around here and I, I pointed him to a place that you could get you know just a one day membership at but the University of Arkansas stepped up 
and invited him to come work out at the team facility. How awesome is that? And then took him on a tour after that. And I took him over to Hugo's. We had at Hugo's for, for lunch. I brought a friend of mine who's a good middleman. I knew there would be no dead conversation, anything, you know, he's a good dude. But, uh, like, I wanted to bring somebody who was distinctly Arkansas. So I brought my buddy Brent with me, and uh, we had a good time eating lunch over there at Hugo's. Um, so ate at a couple of good places. He met a lot of people, and he said that this was up there for his best trip. And he goes somewhere, you know, every weekend. So uh, good job, Arkansas people, treating Josh Pate well. And if you haven't checked out his show last night, go talk, go check out his show, The Late Kick, with Josh Pate on YouTube, and follow him at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. Joined the he joined. I know a lot. I didn't ever commit to it because I didn't want. I wanted it to kind of be a surprise. I was a little nervous about it because we never the walk and talk. I never want it to be like a gimmick or anything like that, you know. Um, but it was just very natural, you know. Josh and Pate, Josh Pate and I, you know, we we're not like close or anything, but we, you know, we chit chat back and forth every once in a while. Uh, I first met him right before COVID when we were in Nashville together, and he'd really just started with twenty four seven sports. Uh, but a good a good guy. I see eye to eye on a lot of things with him, but uh, not everything. I mean, obviously we're two different people, but uh, I just like his approach because I know that he – I just know he does a good job because I know how he covers Arkansas. And, I mean, if he started screwing up Arkansas stuff, and he'd be like, this guy's probably screwing up everything else. But he's not – he never does. So. Melton Rowland says, I didn't see your walk and talk after the game. I just uploaded the walk and talk to YouTube. So you got to go to YouTube to check out the walk and talk. Walk and Talk will be YouTube. We'll do we'll do this show live on Facebook. I think Cincinnati helmets are on the field still, says Donnie A. Butts. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to check out the Walk and Talk, I forgot to mention that because I, I, oftentimes I just put it on Facebook, but I, I just put it on YouTube and then link back to YouTube on Facebook. How are we feeling about the South Carolina spread? I like Arkansas matched up in this game, okay? Just based on what I saw, I like Arkansas. That's not that I don't think South Carolina is heading in the right direction because I really think they are as a program. I really like Shane Beamer. I just think Arkansas is, you know, maybe a year ahead of them. Um, and they're the home team. But what would concern me is special teams, okay? And I think Arkansas did get a lot better in special teams, and I think Arkansas has got a good special teams unit, and I like Scott Fountain. I think he's – really improved that unit over especially you know the first year but South Carolina is playing at a different level in special teams right now also um, Jason Norton has a comment about BYU but the Baylor BYU game on Saturday is at like 9 15 so you're going to be able to watch BYU live play a game you know, completely uninterrupted by the Arkansas game because it's 11 o'clock. I think that's really cool. I always – like, I, the reason I, I was up till 2.30 Saturday night um, watching college football games, just, uh, you know, I'd heard the score to some game, but the games that I didn't hear the scores to, I was able to watch, you know, in full. Like South Carolina, I actually watched that on Sunday. And I, did, I just avoided the score. And, and, you know, part of that's because they played Georgia State, so not a lot of people were talking about it. But I just completely avoided the score of the South Carolina game and was able to watch the game and obviously fast-forward in between stuff. But Jackie Price says, I love the double pass idea with Warren. So you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. Donnie Haybutt says, the ball pros, yeah. Yeah, that is true. I think me and Josh make it look good, though. Make it stylish. All right, everybody. Last time. Sign up, 75% off. You have until Tuesday to sign up, Tuesday night to sign up. But go ahead and do so now so you can jump in on all of our content as we prepare for the Arkansas-South Carolina matchup, a big one in Fayetteville. Should be a great crowd, even though it's an 11 o'clock game. But sign up, 75% off. Last time, I'm going to mention it on here, seven cents a day is what it breaks down to, 52 cents a week, 224 a month. $26.85, I think, for the entire year. You're not going to beat that. We're not doing another one like that, anything close to that, until uh, like Black Friday or something. So the season will be over at that point. So sign up for the year right now at Hog Sports. No promo code needed. All right, everybody. Thanks to Andrew Ellis. Follow Andrew Ellis at Andrew Ellis247. Thanks to Danny West. Follow Danny West at Danny West247. And um, subscribe. Subscribe to the website if you like what we're doing. 
support us. Support us that way. That's the way to support us. All right, we'll be back with you guys on Thursday for the Arkansas versus South Carolina primer. Uh, We'll have somebody from the South Carolina side on 24-7 joining us uh, to give us a little insight on that. And uh, uh, in the meantime, just check out all the great content we have at Hog Sports. I'll be at practice here in a little bit. Andrew else have a practice report. Drive time's off today, so I won't be doing um, on air. But, uh, heck, I may help Andrew with the practice report. I don't know. All right, everybody, this has been Trey Biddy with HogSports.com, and we will catch you next time. We'll be right back.